you Yeah, yo There whenever it matters and even more when you feel like it doesn't Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't Know I'm right alongside you, here by that I'm behind you But always got you, end the discussion, nothing means more First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours And know that I ain't see a better view yet I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak To change what a part take Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway My job is to aware you, fully loaded Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, hopping down, cause feeling's not an option and dad is not a noun, not at all. Father's Day weekend. All right, Sky, what's up, man? Thank you for taking the time to talk to me. Um, you know, that is a noun is all about changing the narrative. Yeah. And I think that's very important when it comes to black men, just black people in general, because for the longest time, other people have been telling our stories. And with social media, I think we have the power in our hands now to change that narrative. Yeah. Um, so what are you, what's your feelings about what's going on right now with the protests, the riots, and, you know, the, the, the murder of Greg Floyd? What's your feeling as an artist through your perspective? Yeah, well, you know, everything going on with George Floyd, um, it's, it's painful, it's infuriating, it's, you know, disheartening, it's heartbreaking. Um, infuriating is, is the best word I can use for it, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. infuriating, man, and... You know, the riots and the protests and all that, I get it, man. That's not the infuriating part. You know what I mean? Like, that's the response to being infuriated. That's the response to dealing with everything that, that comes with it. And this just being decades and decades and decades. Like, it just goes on and on and on. So the riots and the protests, I'm that's not the infuriating part for me. Right. You know I mean, I'm cool. Like, you know, I, I don't want to see black businesses come down. I don't right. want to see... Black owned businesses, you know, quote unquote minority owned businesses. I hate the term minority, but minority owned businesses. Um, I don't want to see that. But other than that, <laughs> burn, baby, burn. You know what I mean? Because this is this is what this is what y'all did. You know what I mean? This is what y'all did. None of this would have happened. All this could have been avoided. All four of those officers were arrested immediately. Because if I go out there and catch a body. I'm getting arrested immediately nice. while they do their research and look into everything. So why with them, why is it the, the you know, the, this, this gang in, in blue that bleeds blue, why is it that you got to do all this research and do all this investigation before you pick them up and put them in cuffs or not even put them in cuffs before you call them and say, yo, man, just be down by the station by 12 o'clock. Right. You know, make sure you give your wife everything you got to give her, your phone, your keys. Just be down here by 12. Why is it that you investigate before that? But if I were to do it or you were to do it, right. you picked up and then the investigation would start. Nah, man. So I don't want to see black businesses come down because it's extremely hard to get a black business. Yeah. But burn, baby, burn, man. Go I for feel, it. I feel because when I think about that, I come back to a quote, a quote from um, Dr. Nathan uh, Rustin. And he said, prejudice is an emotion, emotional commitment to ignor ignorance. Mm -hmm. And I feel like 
when you still have that prejudice when it comes to law, legal, uh, law enforcement, uh, economics, right? It's not going to change. You yeah. feel me? Absolutely. It's, it's it's a systematic man. It's been like this forever and a day, man. You know, and right. I've, I've talked about it. Pardon me. I'm just charging my phone, but I've talked about it. You know. Um, a lot throughout the course of my career in various ways. Sometimes it's blatant, sometimes it's coded, but I've talked about it a lot. And this is systematic, man. You know, this is uh, this is ingrained in the fabric of America. You know, right. look at the quilt, the thread that they use. This is off of that spool of thread, man. This is, this is who they are. And I'm saying they, you know what I mean? This is who they are in this country, you know, as far as the people that run it, as far as, you know, the vast majority, not all, but the vast majority of white America who feels this way and who moves like this and who's doing the things that they do. And then with the police, and you bleed blue because there was an Asian dude, you know, who was a part of that crew that did this, who, who was standing there kind of looking out. Yeah. Again, I hate the word, but Asians are minorities. I hate using the word minority, but Asians are grouped in with us when it comes to minorities. But once you put that badge on and that blue shirt and you get that hammer and that baton, you are in that gang. You are in that blue it's gang. Like a, it's like a fraternity. Yeah, yeah, it's a gang. You know what I mean? It ain't even fraternity. It's a gang, like, and they bleed blue. You know what I mean? Once you in that, everything go, else goes out the window, and it's what you standing for. You standing for blue or you standing for otherwise, you know? And that's that's where the problem all lies, man, you know? And, you know, as a nation, we've seen that um, image of Greg Floyd. Um, and you being a father, how do you have – that talk with your kid, you know what I mean? Because that's the one thing, you know, you know, younger kids may not understand that because that might be the first time they see it. So it's cool. kind of difficult to explain to them. But I feel like a teenager, they get it, but still they need some guidance to explain. So being a father, how do you explain that to your, to your child? Well, for me, my son is only two and a half. So, okay. you, know, I'm, you know, I can't have the conversation with him yet. Right. You know, my son is about puppy dog pals and Daniel Tiger. He's two and a half. You know what I mean? I'm still changing his diaper. But um, it's a conversation or conversations, rather, plural, right. that I will be having when he's of age. And when I say of age, I mean five, six years old. I don't mean 15, 16. I mean five, six years old so that you know what's going on in this world. You know what's going on in this country, potentially with people in your school, you know, right. teachers, classmates, God forbid, you know, so that you're aware. Because with me, it wasn't a talk. It wasn't like my, my pop sat me down for one talk. It was something we conversed about all the time. Right. It was something that we always spoke about, partially because it was something that was always happening. Right. We had, you know, uh, Amadou Diallo and, you know, Abner Luima in the 90s and you had, you know, everybody that in the 80s and Crown Heights and all the things that was going on. I mean, this is never ending, you know what I mean? It's been going on forever. So there was always something to talk about, right. sadly. There was always a discussion to be had. So it wasn't a one-time guy sit down, I want to talk to you. It was, you see what's going on today? You see what's going on today? You see? Right. So it was something we constantly spoke about, and I plan on doing the same thing when my son is of age. That's, that's that, and I think that's important. I think, unfortunately, that's the conversation where all black fathers have to have with their kids. Yeah. As well as black mothers, they, ha they have to have that conversation. Unfortunately, that's the reality, because if you go back to the civil rights movement, that's the same conversation they had, too. You know, yeah, absolutely. You, know. you got to be prepared, man. You got to, you can't turn a blind eye to it and ignore it. Right. You're setting yourself up to become a victim that much easier. 
you know? Yeah. It can still happen to anybody, as we see George Floyd. There's a video circulating of him kicking all type of facts, dropping all kind of jewels and knowledge and really laying it down. So he was aware. Right. It wasn't like he was somebody who wasn't in the know. He was aware. He was, I saw this video of him dropping all kind of gems, you know, right. all kind of jewels. And right. he was aware, and it still didn't prevent it from happening. But when you're aware, you may have a little bit more of a chance because you know what you're up against. Right. You know, we all face the same, the, the, the same discrimination. But the more you know, the more you can be prepared and fight back. You know what I mean? And, and hopefully, God willing, you know, just leading our people the way you need to lead, even if it's just the people in your household. Like, I'm sure with George Floyd, right. everything he was dropping, I'm sure he's dropped that to his daughter, his Definitely. son, his, all his family. And, that, and that's, that's a part of it, where it starts at. Right. And now transition to gems. You know, you got this gem coming out right now for Father's Day, you know, called wow. Milestone. Yeah. Let's talk about the album cover. I love the album cover because it's like a, a, a homage to that scene in Boys in the Hood mm -hmm. where Trey comes in with the lunch and they have that discussion because he, mm -hmm. you know, he wants that, that, that trim up. Haircut and all that, yeah. Yeah. So talk about the, the, the idea behind the cover because the one thing I kind of catch too was the crown which is uh, John Michael, Mike, Mike's um, uh, cra logo crown. Right. And then that circle, to, to me, that represents his uh, portrait, Jesse, I think, because okay. that circle means, I could be wrong, means uh, chaos, because being a teenager, you, uh, being a, 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 a person at 16 or 17, you think you know everything. Your, your father's trying to kick knowledge, and you're like, I hate that. And then the crown represents saint king because a lot of um gene uh artwork was dedication to people he looked up to influencers like sports figures artists and stuff like that so mm -hmm. can you break that down or am i wrong no you 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 in the area you you on the block <laughs> you know what i mean um, definitely with the crown with the third eye you see both of them got three eyes you know trey and, and furious so you know the third eye the circle um is more about the sun okay representing the sun i feel you but I like where you took it as well. Um, that's the thing with art. It's interpretive, and, and you can take from it what you need, and it can mean more than one thing. The art was designed by my man, Sepp. Uh, if you know all the Griselda work, yes. you know, West Side Gun, Benny Conway, yes. Yes. Uh, you know, all the Griselda work, 38 Special work, the Flea yes. Lord work, some Crime Apple stuff, even some Fred the Godson stuff, rest in peace. Um, Sepp did all that. That's well, the majority. I'm not going to say all, but... The majority, like a lot of that stuff, the Griselda hoodies and all that, Sep, you know, designed all that stuff. And he's a genius. And I've been rocking with Sep since, man, 2014, like way back. You know, we, we go back a long time. He's done work for me in the past. So Sep did the cover. I told him what I wanted. I sent him the picture from the movie and he flipped it and made it abstract and did all that stuff to it. And it came out amazing. Um, the, the, the album or the EP rather is about my life right? My relationship with my dad and then my relationship with my son. Right. Passing the baton, him passing it to me and whatever, whatever. Um, but it's also loosely themed around Boys in the Hood yes. because kid growing up, my right. life is eerily similar to Boys in the Hood. So um, that's why I use that for the cover art. If you listen to the project, there's skits yes. all over it from Boys yes. in the Hood because that was my life. Even though, you know, I was around that same age when the movie came out. 
So it was wild that that was happening to me in the moment when the movie right. came out back in 91, 92. But um, yeah, that, that movie was eerily similar to my life. You know, oh. living with mom, yeah. moving with my dad, the whole deal. And I think the one impact that I see now as an adult that I didn't see as a teenager is that image of the single black father. Because sometimes what happens is when you grow up in that generation and all you heard was the absent black father and right. that kept on being the constant theme. Yeah. The mother and the die is not around. And what uh, John Singleton did, rest in peace, was say, yes, they're not together, but the dad is there. And right. A, a, a nice percentage of uh, black fatherhoods where they're, you know, they're not together, but they're still there for the child. 100% every day. You know, and that was my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, I, I was living with my moms and I would see my father every weekend. I would talk to my father every day on the phone. So my father was in my life every day, even if I may not have seen him physically because right. I was at my mother's house. I would speak to him after school on the phone for 20 minutes or whatever it was. I would see him every single weekend for two, three days. He would pick me up from school on certain days and vice versa with my moms. So I had my father's presence every single day, you know? And then when I turned 10, it switched and I moved in with my dad and I saw my moms every weekend. And my moms would call me after school every day because I would see her a little less because I was living with my dad, you know what I mean? But I had both of them in my life every single day. And, that, and that's the importance and the beauty of it. And that's what I wanted to represent because like you said, the connotation in hip hop has always been about the dad was never around, the dad sucked, the dad was corny, right. you know, he dipped out on the family. And all of that stuff may be true for a lot of people. Right. And if that's your truth, by all means, live in it, speak on it, make music and art about it, because right. that's your truth. You know what I mean? You lived it and you deserve to express it and get that out. So right. by all means, if that's your truth, live it. I don't think that's everyone's truth in hip hop. I agree. You only hear that truth. Right. You don't hear the truth of, yo, my dad was awesome. Yo, right. my dad was always there for me. Yo, my dad made sure I had everything I needed. You don't hear that. And that was the motivation behind the project. I was over that narrative, right? Like. When it comes to Mother's Day, there's not enough time in the day to play all the Mother's Day songs. <laughs> I mean, right. and that's cool. Right. Listen, mothers are everything. We all come from a mother before anything else, right? Like a woman, I feel like a mother is earth. She gives life. She Everything comes from her as far as life. Right. So that's why we call it the earth. That's why Wu-Tang, yo, my old earth. Like that's, you know what I'm saying? That's talking about the moms. Right. Earth gives life, you know what I'm saying? So. Um, it all comes from women. But at the same time, fathers deserve a little bit of that light too in the fact that there's a union. It takes two. Even if they're not together, married or dating or whatever, right. it takes both. You know what I mean? Because if it didn't, God wouldn't have did it the way he did. It would have been like, you can do it on your own. You, can do it. you know what I mean? But he made it where it took both. So um, that, that was the idea behind the project. You know, we, we don't get spoken about enough in hip hop. Of course, you know, Will Smith with just the two of us, which was amazing. Nas with Daughters, which was great. You know, there's some some records out there that exist. There's artists out there doing things for fathers. My man Terminology does a lot. There's a lot of different people that are doing some things for fatherhood. Right. But when it comes to the music and making joints and putting that narrative out musically, it's very, very thin. And I, I want to give it a little bit to give it more room. Right, I totally agree. And then also transitioning to the tracks on the album, like one of the, my favorite track was the duffel bag 
weekend, which you alluded to other earlier mm-hmm. about that transition of, you know, you stayed with your father for a little bit. And then on the weekends, you went to your mom's house right. and then, you know, vice versa. And mm-hmm. so um, I, what I found uh, beautiful about that track is that, you know, you were frustrated because, you know, you kind of wanted the, you know, you know, that family structure back. But at the same time, you kind of had that reality that, you know what, this is what it's going to be. I'm going to make the best out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you you took a positive, you took a negative and turned it to a positive. And you um, drew the different characteristics from your mom and your dad to make you who you are today. Right. I know I just said everything in a nutshell, <laughs> but can you like elaborate a little bit more on that track? Definitely got a lot of it. The only thing I'll say is, I never really looked at it like a negative, you know what I mean? Because it was the only thing I knew, you know, because first of all, it's it's not a negative, you know, um, having two cribs to live in (laughs) as opposed to one, you know, regardless of them being in Brooklyn in the 80s and 90s and the hood, whatever, whatever, having two cribs to live in full of love and full of everything that I ever wanted. I didn't need or want for anything as a kid. We wasn't rich by any means, but I didn't need or want for anything. Nintendo, I had Sega Genesis, I had Nikes. I had, you know, guests, I had cross colors, you know, I'm really right. given a picture of the era, you know what I mean? I had Tommy Hill, um, you know, and I never missed a meal, you know what I mean? So what it came down to was, like you said, you get both parents and you, you take some from both to make you who you are. You take a little bit of this ingredient, a little bit of that ingredient, you put it together, boom, now you got what you need as far as the meal. So for me, certain characteristics about my mother, certain characteristics about my father came together to make Skylar, right? To make me who I am. And that's every single person on the planet, you know, but the absence of one of those two people can have grave effects on how that person comes out. Sometimes great. Right. You look at one who grew up without a father, you look, you know, sometimes great, but a lot of times it's not. And right. that missing, especially for young black boys, right. that dad is everything. Just like for young black girls, that mom is everything. Right. A, a mother teaching her daughter how to move in the street, how to move when it comes to dating, how to right. protect herself, how to keep herself together, how to be a lady, how to be, you know, all these different things that I I can't teach no girl that. You can't right. teach no girl because we never been that. Right. We can try. And there's millions of men who have daughters by themselves and they're doing the best they can and they're succeeding. Right. And that's great. But they shouldn't have to do it by themselves. The same way with a mom right. is millions of moms raising boys by themselves right. and they're doing great right. but they shouldn't have to do it by themselves because right. um, the one thing is my favorite line was when you said uh when your dad said he was the the the, the gun and your mom was the emotion right and that kind of resonate with me a lot can you talk about that because i know you kind of talked about it a little bit but like that that line and that out on that on that verse kind of stuck out to me a lot yeah well i I feel like, you know, with a with two parents, you know, a woman is always going to be more emotional off the rip. Right. Women are just emotional people. That's the way God built them. Doesn't mean men don't have emotions. Of course we do. But women are going to be a little more emotional, a little more sensitive, a little more tapped into the feelings and the internal side, which right. is a beautiful thing. You know, that makes the world run. Um, and then with men, you know, you're going to get more of your aggression, right. more of your protection, more of that type of thing from the nature of a man because that's just the way God built it. It's not about one is better than the other because that's not the case. Neither one is better. They, they neck and neck. Right. But 
with men, you know, a father's going to give a boy that aggression. Right. Him how to handle himself and be prepared out here in the street. A mother is going to teach her son the sensitivity that he needs to deal with women respectfully, properly, to deal with the world in a certain way, to not look at everything as just, okay, gunning for it, let's go. To not look at everything in that light, to see the good in people. Those are the things that a mother is going to give a son and give a child, period, boy or girl. So that's why I talked about my moms with the emotion and my pops, kind of like the impact of a gun, you know. Uh, your mother's here to give you emotion and I'm here to give you the aim to blow shit open and fully loaded like that. It's exactly that. You know, you get this from your moms and this from your pops. Right, because what I think about is, remember the game Max Payne? Yeah. <laughs> you know how you push that button in a freezing time a little bit? Yeah. Before, you know, the gun comes out. I, yep. That line kind of kind of reminds me of that. Okay, word up. <laughs> yeah, word That's up. That's the video game nerds out there. <laughs> <laughs> All good. All good. And then also the uh, the joint uh, turning ten. Why would to me that kind of uh, significant to me too? Because going back to Boys in the Hood, um, Trey moves in with his father at the age of ten. Yep. And that's the same thing with you. So how do you correlate the two together in that track? It's a very significant age. You know, at ten, you're in double digits. So right. now it's on because you're going to be in double digits for the rest of your life, unless you're blessed enough to be a hundred, you know? So now, now it's on, you know, um, 90% of your life is in double digits. So now you're in double digits. You might start getting some hair under your arms. You might get a little fuzz. You might get one strand peeking out that you're sitting there trying to, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) the girls in your classroom aren't just the annoying little girls no more. Now they're, yo, I like her. She's cute. Right. I feel weird when she comes around. I'm nervous. Why am I nervous? I wasn't nervous around her last school year. Now this school year, I'm nervous around because you like her. You start to develop these emotions and these feelings and things within you, you know, emotionally and physically, for lack of a better term, that are changing. So turning 10 is a huge moment for boys. You know, you're not a man by any means, but the book is starting to crack open. Turning 10... If I always tell my friends, I got a lot of friends who aren't with um, their son's mom. I'm with my son's mom, which is beautiful. But I got a lot of friends who aren't with their son's mom, and they got a cool relationship with them, or maybe they don't have the best relationship with them. I tell them, yo, whatever you do, start working on that relationship, make it right. You got to get that boy when he turned 10. You want him to have the best chance to succeed and be prepared for this world. You got to get that boy when he turned 10. That's the one thing because that's the that's that's the transition of learning responsibility. Absolutely, absolutely. And learning how that process of being independent. Yeah, that's kind of like that midpoint. Yeah, I mean, when I was ten, I was like between ten and eleven, maybe ten and a half. I was picking up um, my four-year-old brother from school and taking him home. Wow, I was ten, eleven years old. You know what I'm saying? Like. That's responsibility for real. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, my pops and my stepmoms, and we don't use step in my family, but my second mom, you know, um, it was, hey, so every day now you're going to be picking up your brother from school. Right. I was going on 11. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> but his little life, responsible, right. going to the school from Manhattan to Brooklyn on the C train, picking him up, right. 
making sure you held my hand going across the street, across mm -hmm. Atlantic Avenue, which is huge, right. back to the C train, back right. to the sky. You know what I mean? Like, that was my responsibility. I was right. 11 years old. You know what I mean? So you grow up. You know what I mean? I feel you. The first track, um, Memory Serves Me. Yeah. Uh, to what? To me, I felt like that was like your your Jay Z moment. Remember that was it the Blueprint album when he's sitting down with a cigar, mm -hmm. and when I think about that album, he's reflecting. Yeah. The first track kind of reminds me of that. That's you sitting down reflecting your memories with your father. Yeah. And and just my life, you know, just all the different things. Um, in my childhood and now in my adulthood, you know, one of my favorite lines on that record, at the top of the second verse, you know, I said, I was born in Kings County, shooters beside me. My son was born in the same hospital as Blue Ivy. My father was 20, I was 35. I'm still trying to measure up to the worldly design. Like that four bar stanza right there, because what I'm saying in the record is, I was born in Kings County, which if you know Brooklyn, is one of the worst hospitals, if not the worst hospital in Brooklyn. So I was born in Kings County, so I'm like, I was born in Kings County, shooters beside me, meaning like I'm in the, you know, in this room being born, right. the room next to us might have a dude with three bullets in him. You know what I'm saying? Like, cause that was Kings County, meaning that was the era in the world that I was born into. Fast forward to now, my son was born in the same hospital as Blue Ivy. Like my son was born in, in, in Lenox Hospital. So, um, in Lenox Hill Hospital. So I say all that to say, as a parent, you want your kids to do better than you. Your kids are doing better than you then you're successful. So the fact that my pops had me here, raised me to do the right thing, and I had my son here, it means right. his job worked out because right. my son was born in a better hospital than I was. So my dad's goal of raising me to be better, I guess you could say it worked. But then on the flip side, I come back and say, he was 20 when he had me. I was 35 when I had my son. Right. So my father was 20, I was 35. I'm still trying to measure up to the worldly design. So what I'm saying is no matter how successful I've been at right. taking the baton and moving ahead, right. I still don't feel like I've measured up to what he's done. Right. So I'm trying to bring it back to him and say, but man, I'm still learning. I'm still trying to figure this out. I still don't think I've done as good enough job as you're doing or you've done. I still don't know if I'm good enough yet, even though in your eyes, I've done better because of the way I've been able to upgrade all this I'm looking at it like, man, I still don't know if I'm good enough. You, I, I still got more to learn from you. And that's right. what that little pocket means. And I feel that, man. Um, let's go to the title, Milestone. Um, why did you, what's the significance of Milestone? So my son's name is Miles. Um, so that right there, that's right. part of it. But also because these are the milestones in my life from when I was a kid and even now, you know, as a father, as a man, you go through things in life, you accomplish and achieve certain things and you hit certain things. And those are milestones, you know, right. certain little things that happen to you that you remember, those are milestones. So it was a combination of the two. The fact that you're approaching certain milestones and achieving those things and getting through them. And then also because my son's name is Miles. That's dope, man. And then also, what was the process? Because I know... In early stage, it was just one track. Yep. So how did it create? How did you create an actual EP, like uh, seven seven tracks at the end of the day? Um, it started as one. You know, the, the first song I did was a song for fathers, and it started just as that one. I just had this idea to do that record. I wanted to do one song 
for Father's Day, supporting fathers, black fathers, but fathers in general. You don't got to be black to love the project. You just got to either be a dad or have had a dad. Or even if you didn't have your dad, you can relate because you can sit there and know what you what you want to be, which is right. the opposite of the guy who might have left you, you know? So it started as one song. And when I did the one song, when I did a song for fathers, I loved the record so much. I said, man, I, I think I want to expand on this and turn it into more. Right. And that's what happened. You know, um, it was just supposed to be one song. And I said, nah, I got some time. Let me let me make some more. <laughs> and it turned into a seven seven song project. That's dope, man. And then going to that track, um, Song for Father, to me, I felt like that was your Just the Two of Us. You yeah. know, going back to that Will Smith. And that's yep. how it felt. So going back to it, what was the process of um, creating that track? Uh, I went to my man, Ill Mind, to make the beat. Ill Mind made the beat. And um, I went to him. Because if you know Illmind's story, you know he's a, a ridiculously great musician. And that comes from his dad. You know, his pops was a musician, played the guitar and all that. And his dad died like 10 years ago. And it hit him real hard. And, you know, everything he does musically is for his dad. So I wanted him to do the record because he could understand the level of it, right? And, and how powerful it could be if we did it right. And I felt like it could be his way to pay homage to his dad you know what I mean the same way I'm paying homage to mine who thank God is still here he could pay homage to his who sadly is not here you know so I I said to myself I'm only letting Ilmine do this beat nobody else is doing it and I went to him and I told him the story and he freaked out and was like I'm absolutely down (laughs) made the beat in 10 minutes and we was off to the races and that's powerful man uh, powerful is a uh, uh, definitely. I, I can't wait to people who listen to that on Father's Day. Uh, hopefully, that'll become the just the two of us anthem for 2020. I would love that. I would love yeah, that. that. You know, I, I just wanted something for us to have. I wanted right. something for us to be like, yeah, Mother's Day, y'all got this, this, and that's right. beautiful. Right. Here's for us. That was it. And then you know what? Every father, when they listen to it, they're definitely going to appreciate it. And then it goes back to that Chris Rock stand up when he said, only thing the father wants is that big piece of chicken. <laughs> yeah. Word, you know, he just wants the piece, yeah. big, big piece of chicken. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day about the project as well. And I got into Chris Rock because I said, you know, when you watch Everybody Hates Chris, which, you know, I love. Yes. Uh, Chris Rock is a bed guy, so we're on the same page. You look at Everybody Hates Chris. The Father's Day episode, when he started off, he was like, you know, on Mother's Day, you can't get in a restaurant. That's right. <laughs> on Father's Day, they begging you to come in a restaurant. The door's right. wide open. Yeah. On Mother's Day, when you try to go shopping, all the gifts are sold out. All right. the perfume, all the roses, everything's sold out. On Father's Day, all the stuff is half off. You know what right. I mean? Like, no, 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 I feel you. <laughs> you don't get the light that yeah. the mother's get. You know what I mean? And, right. and um, that resonated, you know, like, because that's a real thing. No, I, I, yeah, it, and it is. And um, the other track I like was the last one, uh, Duly Noted. Yeah. I thought that was dope because that kind of reminded me of the last track on Commons. One day it all makes sense. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the Father Rap Part 2. Right. A little bit because you're just telling people about, you know, what words of wisdom your father gave to you. And yeah. this wisdom is that you're going to give your kid. Yeah, that record is a spoken word. Like, that one's a poem. You know, I'm not rhyming on that. Once in a while, I get in my poetry bag. People always want me to do it, 
you know, I've done it on how to make it through hysteria. I did it on uh, the stick up tape for menace. You know, once in a while I get in my poetry bag because when I was in high school, I was rhyming, of course, that was all I was doing. But I also was in my poetry bag as well. And in college, you know, I was doing a lot of spoken word stuff at schools and all that. So sometimes I, I go back to, to my other side. Sometimes I'll be like, let me do a little poetry. So right. um, that was that, that was a spoken word piece. I wanted to end it on that. I wanted to take the loop from Boys in the Hood, you know, the fishing scene and all that. Cause I just thought it was a beautiful jazz composition and I wanted to just do something on that. And I feel you, man. And it, and it came out beautiful. And mm -hmm. I felt like from track one to seven, it felt like if Boys in the Hood was an audio book, that's how it felt like to me. Yeah. Yep. Whoever, never, whoever never saw the movie, mm -hmm. if they listen to your album, that's the closest you're going to get to actually seeing the film. Absolutely. Absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, you know, and again, I didn't do it saying, okay, I got to. I got to rhyme about Boys in the Hood. I'm not rhyming about Boys in the Hood at all. I'm rhyming yeah. about my life. Yeah. It's just ironic. My life was so similar to Trey and Furious and Boys in the Hood. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's what it comes down to. You know what I mean? Like, it just so happens that my life was that similar to it. And that's the and that's the beauty of it is that every, chi every child of that generation grew up to that movie and they relate Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. You know, <laughs> One of the dopest movies ever. And every generation has a movie that represents that generation. You know what I mean? Believe it. You know, if you go to the 70s and you go to like Superfly, um, yeah. but when you go into the 90s and that generation, Boys in the Hood was that film. Yeah. You remember when you went to the movies, the exact movie theater you went, the mm -hmm. time and who you went with to see that movie. Everybody yeah. knew that. Yep. And that's how impactful that movie was. 100%. 100%. And last off, um, what message do you have for fathers in general? My message to any dad, man, first off, know that, yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I wouldn't change anything about it. And, you know, my son and who he is and all of that. I mean, it's, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. Um, what I would say is continue to be a great dad. If you're getting ready to be a dad, get ready for a world of change, but in the most beautiful way. Um, I would say also everything you're doing from here on out, if you, if it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. and has the utmost purpose than anything else you've ever done. It's the most important thing you'll ever do, whether you got one kid, five kids, whatever it is, it's the most important thing you'll ever do. Um, it is tough at times, but it's worth it. And there's nothing I there's nothing I would change about it. Just be a dad. Be a dad. Be a father to your kid. And if you grew up with your dad, celebrate that. In hip hop, I feel like a lot of times people try to hide that. There's right. guys whose fathers was always around. You never hear them talk about their father. They talk about their brother. You know, me and my mother. Blah, 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 blah. You never hear them saying about their dad. Talk about your mom, because your mom is a beautiful person and brought you into this world. I was there too, though. You know what I mean? If it took two people to to build this this building, why we only talking about one? You know what I mean? That's all it is. And and I think to end it off, I think the common theme to that album is purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great one word way to wrap it up. Purpose, like you said. Hundred percent. All right, Sky. I appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, man. Thank you. June nineteenth. 
June 19th, milestones, June 19th. I can't stress it enough. Cop it. Cause I know when I when it comes out, I'm gonna be it's gonna be on heavy rotation. Uh, just yeah. laid in the house outside barbecues. It's gonna be bumping. When Absolutely. It comes out. All right, brother. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Much love. You definitely gotta do this again, man. This was a great conversation. Word up. All right, bro. Word up. I love you. All for you, yeah, yo. There would never it matters, and even more when you feel like it doesn't. Protect you so you never feel like you wasn't. No, I'm right alongside you. Here but that, I'm behind you, but always got you. End of discussion, nothing means more. First one to offer his shoulders for what you preach for. Thought I saw the eyes of the world until I seen yours. And know that I ain't see a better view yet. I'm with whatever, so don't ever you fret. Know that you covered, not a hurdle or a heartbreak to change what a partake. Cause none of them won't ever get comfortable in your walkway. My job is to aware you, fully loaded. Prepare you for all of the above that I'm never letting get near you. But still, I know, give you every advantage I found. Couldn't find a better fit for them along with my crown. And since the baton was passed, I've been down. Cause failing's not an option, and dad is not a noun, not at all. My message to any dad, man, first off, know that yeah, it, it is a hard job, but it's the greatest job in the world. I wouldn't trade it for anything, I wouldn't change anything about it. Everything you're doing from here on out. If it didn't have purpose before, now it has purpose. It's the most important thing you'll ever do. Just be a dad.